Isaiah, man, how you doing this week, bro? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, have to get some car troubles and whatnot sorted out. But other than that, just another another week of bad weather and <laughs> sliding all over the damn street for a lot of people. Not me. Got to take it slow. But some people didn't, and I saw a lot of cars on the side of the road. <laughs> That's funny. I I remember those days working, uh, not being able to work from home and having to see a bunch of people trying to fly. Like I don't know, it, it's like people feel like they're still cool if they drive eighty five on ice, or you know what I'm saying. Oh, I got a big pickup. I'm gonna drive oh, fast, yeah. and then yeah. But yeah, it's and it was weird. I'm I'm hoping we're finally entering that stretch of spring where it's just sixties, seventies stay like that i mean i know we'll have inclement weather as far as like tornadoes and thunderstorms i can deal with that i'm just tired of ice and snow bro i'm tired of the high for the day being 22 (laughs) i ain't built for that shit you are not lying i'm over it man i'm i know it was bad you know like you know every now and again our lips will get chapped but you know it's bad if you start to feel it it's so damn cold you feel the chapness happened as soon as you walk outside and you just get uncomfortable. And I don't buy chapstick that often, but man, I, I had to buy a three pack and I'm almost out of that shit. I was every five minutes. I felt like I had to apply. I felt like Jay-Z. God, <laughs> bro. I, it, it, it made me uncomfortable because I'd go to the gym and my lips would be chapped. I'd be ashy as hell. Just made, made for all bad uh, situation but i mean i will say now that i work from home i don't really have to worry about it too much it's just going to the gym i do kind of feel bad that our softball tournament did get canceled i mean i'm glad it got canceled because i wasn't trying to play in 37 degree weather but man, i mean man, i man. wish it yeah i wish it would have got 60s 60 70 we could have went out there and hit some fucking dingers yeah done, done something slight i feel like we're in this weird four month, four and a half month period of not playing as often and just kind of making it like a side novelty type thing that we did whenever we were in it tough for six, seven months straight. It's kind of weird having all this time off from it. Makes you appreciate yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about it though. We're playing a tournament in March and then April's league starts back up and we'll probably be in league until winter again. And yeah. we may play. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Time will get there. But I did want to mention we did get another fan question. Uh, the mm, question nice. is literally, what are some of your favorite MMA fights? Ooh, of all time. Yeah. Ooh. Just period. It, they, they said not a specific amount of like fights or anything, but just name some of our favorite fights. And I can say right off the rip. One of my favorite fights of all time, recent anyways, I'm going to say Chandler Gaethje. And then of all, like, going back to the earlier days, maybe just MMA, Vanderlei Silva versus Rampage 2, when Vanderlei knocked him out of the fucking ring, or he he kneed him into oblivion out of the ring. Um, (laughs) Shogun, Shogun had a couple of good fights in... And Pride as well. I believe Shogun Dan Henderson. Yeah. Um, Mirko Krokop, Fedor, 
And other than that, man, Alexander uh, Gustafson and John Jones, the first one. Yeah. I mean, I, I could pr- I could probably go on for a while, but I mean, those fights to me were were huge. Like, I'm not even mentioning the Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner because that fight was important to the UFC, but it wasn't important to me because I I mean I was already a fan of the sport, and it wasn't even a good fight. I mean, they beat the shit out of each other, but they didn't beat the shit out of each other like Gaethje and Chandler did. Yeah, that was man, that easily one of the best fights I've ever seen. Just two dudes just throwing bombs, just going back and forth and back and forth. Um, I would have to I, I honestly I was gonna say the the Gaethje Chandler as well, but I would have to say one of the most top fights that I've remember witnessing was the the Silva Sonnen fight. <laughs> I mean it might it might not have been one of the greatest fights for Anderson Silva, but it was one of the greatest fights, like you said, to the UFC. You know, I I had never seen, you know, in my opinion, Anderson Silva just kind of lay down and take it like that, and he still pause. yeah, a hey, big pause, double pause, but he came back and put him in in an arm triangle with what what was it like eleven seconds left. Nah, he had he had like a I think it was like a minute and eleven left, or it may okay. it may have been just under yeah. a minute, but yeah, he slapped on he slapped it on and Chell tapped. That was that fight was a roller coaster too because that came right after Anderson Silva versus Damian Maya, where Dana yeah. White was pissed off at him, didn't put the title on Anderson Silva, left mm-hmm. said he's like that's bullshit. He like that can't happen. You're supposed to be the champion, and then he threw him in with somebody like Chael Sonnen, who was juice juicing to the gills, yeah. and just came out and was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him down, and I'm going to beat his face in." And yeah. for four and a half rounds, he did. He came exactly out exactly what he yeah, said he was gonna do. Took him honestly. down, and Anderson Silva's a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and Chael had his way with him, and then got caught in a triangle. Yeah. And tapped out and said he didn't tap out. Yeah, no, he said he tapped. He said, oh. obviously, in Chell's son in fashion because he's like Colby 1.0. Yeah. But he said, I thought in the in a fight, if you tapped out, it meant that you restarted position. I won four rounds, he won one with the tap out. I thought I would win the fight. That's Chell Sonnen's character, but I mean, he he tapped out. And you can you can go back in, in Chell Sonnen's like the history of Chell Sonnen and fights that he's lost. He's majority of the time getting caught in a triangle. So yeah, um, that one for sure. Just the import, just the emotions of that fight. You know, I think was crazy to see. And I just had it on the tip of my tongue. I would have to say. Probably Figueredo Moreno won. Uh, as of as of recent, and Usman Covington won. Yeah, that was a that's a dogfight that people don't people don't um, point to a lot. It was a it was a really really good fight. Uh, yeah, Colby got Colby got finished. Um, I still I'm it's it's crazy to say it. I I, I like Kamaru Usman. Now, I ain't gonna say love. I like and respect Kamaru Usman, mm-hmm. but. Just uh, a couple of things that Colby mentions in that fight that are true. Um, Kamar Usman faked an eye poke and he faked a nut shot. And in his word, his own words on the nut shot, he said he felt like he got grazed. So he called timeout 
to get ready for the pain. And he waited and he waited and he waited and the pain never came. And then he finally called time time in. To me, that's that's Bush League. But again, he got it. He got the finish. But no, that was a really good fight. Yeah. I mean, like I said, as of late, I mean, I think seeing some of those fights happen, you know, such a long time ago, like I have to rewatch those to make them my favorite. I think over the past couple of years, you know, that now that I've been watching it a lot more tough, yeah, I've I've always known some names, but seeing it live always means a little bit more to me versus rewatching it because you know when you watch it for the first time, you're you know you're staring you're staring through a wall basically. That and probably, man, I'd have to say my last one was was when uh, Max Holloway treated Calvin Cater the way that he did. <laughs> See, that that's like a great performance. I ain't gonna say it's like a top fight of all time. It's one yeah. to where I, 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 I like great performances. You have like that Conor McGregor against. Um, oh my god, I can't believe I just drew a fucking blank on home, homie's name. Uh, whenever he became the double champ. Oh my god, Eddie Alvarez. Mar- Eddie yeah. Alvarez. Yeah. Yeah. So that performance was dope. Uh, a lot of John Jones, early John Jones, like him versus Leota Machida, him versus Shogun Hua. Uh, those were amazing performances. Um, <clears throat> Anderson Silva versus Vitor Belfort was amazing yeah, uh, performance. Yeah. GSP had countless amazing performances. And people like me who soured on GSP, the reason I soured on GSP is because GSP could fit. I feel like GSP could finish a fight whenever the fuck he wanted to. He came in as a, a like a karate slash kickboxer, and then mm-hmm. became more of a wrestler. People yeah. forget how well rounded of a striker he was. People forget that he was the one who started throwing crazy combinations like leg kick, leg kick, jab, Superman punch, and it's still being used in in today's mixed martial arts. Yeah. So GSP was just hit almost every fight that he had, barring the. The first Matt Hughes fight when he got he got um, armbarred into oblivion. The Matt Sarah fight when he got knocked out in yeah. uh, Brooklyn, and then the Johnny Hendricks fight where Johnny Hendricks got robbed. Yeah. The rest of those fights, pretty much one sided performances, but probably yeah, he best... controlled the pace the entire time of almost every fight he was ever in. He just yeah. did whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it. Yeah, and you can tell 100%. by. You can tell by the title defenses. Like, obviously, I don't think. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to ever judge fighters. Like, it's hard to look at like GSP who dominated from 2004 to 2013, 14 ish. It's hard to look at that dominance and then look at Kamaru Usman and try to gauge it because everyone will say Kamaru fought fought better talent, but. 13 fights, I believe, is, is how many times GSP defended his title. Yeah. And out of those 13 times, one fight was close. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's, I think it's hard, it's too, because it's hard for somebody to hold a, a belt as long. I mean, back then, with the sport growing, I'm not trying to compare and contrast them, but I think that you have a lot more top fighters now than you, than you did back whenever he was defending his title, because he defended it against the same people how many times? He didn't. Um, you know, there was always somebody different? So, 
he fought Matt Hughes three times. He fought BJ Penn twice, but he only defended his belt against BJ once. He won the title from Matt Hughes in their second fight. He beat Matt Hughes for uh, defended it the second time. Matt Sarah beat him. He then won his title back against Matt Sarah, and then he just went on a tear. John Fidge, uh, Josh Koscheck, um, shit. Uh, Jake Shields caught caught some Carlos Condit. Yeah. Nick Diaz, he yeah he he didn't like beat the same people over and over, and then he was even the like before Robbie Lawler and like Tyron Woodley, he was still mm-hmm. beating some of those guys. So yeah, he didn't yeah. he didn't fight the same people when he when when GSP took over, it was it was like right after uh, Anderson started his climb. Yeah. So it, they they started bringing in more guys, and then that, they also brought in Strike Force and. Or not Strike Force, but Pride, and yeah. then Strike Force right at the end of GSP's career, which definitely added to. And he was getting older, so it was like his run almost happened at the exact perfect time that it needed to, because he was getting older, more talent was coming in. Like I said, Usman right now is the closest thing to that that we've seen. So I think the comparisons get drawn so much, just because we've never seen somebody grab the title and defend it so quickly in succession like we have with Usman because mm. John Jones yeah i mean <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's John Jones though yeah Prime and, and that's Jones. that's when when you do stuff like that that's whenever you start getting go cuz Izzy is is compared to the great one of the greatest middleweights of all time which is Anderson Silva but mm-hmm. again i like Izzy but Anderson Silva was an anomaly he was that guy that he didn't have to talk shit. He didn't have to do anything outside of him. He just came, fought, yeah. had one bad showing against Damian Maya. He yep. showed the heart of a champion against Chael Sonnen. One obliterated him in the second fight, and you can even look at it and say Anderson Silva lost because he was bullshitting. Yep. He got caught, came back, broke his leg, was never the same. Yep. GSP never lost really while, like technically, while he was on top like that. Um, and nothing was close. One fight, the the uh that one fight was close. Kamara, like John Jones, he had one close fight, uh Alex Gustafson. And yeah. before the his last two fights, obviously, but the Gustafson fight, the first one was close. Everything after that and before he ran through people. And yeah. then Kamara has I mean, it's to me the biggest thing, the biggest knock that I have against Kamara Usman, and it's not even a knock because he's still, like I said, pound for pound. He's fought the same people over and over. And yeah. he, he like, there are people, uh, Vicente Luque and a couple other people that he could fight. Um, we have a Hamzat Shemaev that he could fight too, but they're trying to pawn uh, Hamzat on Izzy. So it's like, yeah. Eh. I, I think so too. It's nobody else is really proven right now a title shot other than, and I think Dana's being selfish and trying to um, sell you know, certain fights again. I mean, I think that's why you had a two with Masvidal, and I think that's why you had a two with Covington so quickly within the past couple of years. I mean, the only one right now that you can make an argument is, okay, do they need to make a Burns-Usman two? Or, you know, if Vicente Luque gets past, who, who does he fight, Bilal Muhammad? No, Bilal Muhammad is about to fight Hamza Shemaev. Oh, yeah. So, out uh, of that. Vicente, Vicente is the one that's wanting a title. That. The the welterweight division is one of the weakest, smaller divisions in the company because you have you have uh, Kamara, you have Colby, 
and then it drops to Gilbert. And then oh, after no. Gilbert, you have Vicente Luque. After Vicente Luque, Bilal Muhammad. And it just. They fight it, each other. They actually do. April 16th. Oh, the, oh, okay. See, I thought he was fighting um, Hamza Shamayev. Well, I'm guessing whoever wins that is is getting a title fight. Um, Essentially. Which, which is cool, but I also remember that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Leon Edwards, but uh, yeah. it also reminds me that Bilal Muhammad was ranked 13 or 14 yeah. not too long, like a year ago. He's won one fight, and now he's 5 6. So that's how yeah. you can tell that the division that's that's why nobody's like earned a title fight per se because the division is light and yeah. you can, they can't beat the top five fighters like yeah. uh, Colby, Gilbert, and Easy, um, Vicente Luque is in a walk in the park, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I, yeah, it makes it it makes it so saturated that like. I mean, because right now, I mean, Kamaru might not might not fight it, fight again until we're looking at December or early next year, maybe November with his with the surgery that just went down. So then it's on the matchmakers. All right, well, who deserves another title shot, or who deserves a title shot? They'll create an interim belt before then. Uh, I mean, yeah, they definitely could, but then you're gonna piss off. You're pound for pound king if you create an interim, I think. I mean, all they have to do is say you, you're not defending the title. Like, we get you have a surgery, but do you want to hold up the division? Essentially, all the interim title is 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 the number one contender while you're away. When you come back, it's not like they're making you fight your way back up to to get a inter, like a title shot against the interim champ. They're just holding the division until you come back, and then they're the number one contender. They're still trying to fight or take the title off of you. So I don't think it'll yeah. piss him off. I just think with how they kind of created that one for Nganu, I think Usman's could feel the same way. That's the only reason why I kind of said it. Mm, I doubt it. Usman, Usman's not pissed off about pay and uh, any anything yeah. like that. Usman's really close with the UFC. Um, mm. He's He'd be fine. The thing with Francis Ngannou too, though, is Francis Ngannou won his title and didn't a year after finally defended it once Francis yeah. Ngannou starched Stipe a long ass time ago and they've said it the heavyweight division ha- and it has for the past four or five years mm-hmm. the heavyweight division has been held up because Stipe fights once a year and then when DC beat Stipe he defended it against Derek Lewis mm-hmm. he then lost it to uh, Stipe again yeah. and then like a year later he fought Stipe again and then a year after that Stipe then gets starched by Francis and Ghana. So whenever they create an interim belt, I don't necessarily unless the guy is in a, a feud with the UFC, I don't yeah. think they're they're pushing it like that. I just think the UFC is just like we're not holding up the division. Like you're gonna come back and you gotta think about it. Khabib is looked at as one of the the greatest fucking Khabib is looked at as one of the greatest uh or most dominant champions of all time. Mm-hmm. And they created an interim belt twice in his reign. Dustin Poirier yeah. was the interim champ, and then Justin Gaethje was the interim champ. So, yeah. if 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 Khabib can do it, motherfuckers need to get out their feelings. <laughs> well, I think the heavyweight division too. It, I think it pumps out not not necessarily the best division, but the most active in a. You don't know how long this person's going to hold it. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Taito Ivasa. I'm not trying to speak out of pocket or nothing, but. That man looks good. That man looks yeah, he really just good. jumped up to like number three or four in the rankings. Like that. 
you know, so I'm hoping he gets a fair shot. I mean, I know that everybody's like, oh, my God, Fritz Gano, you, I don't see nobody beating him, but he's still wild. I mean, and we saw that in his last fight against Cyril Gane. He's just – that was a boring fight, but the only thing that helped him win was Cyril was kind of scared and, you know, Gane had two takedowns, wild takedowns, just – I am going to try to tackle you like you're running the ball type shit. So, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean. I I honestly think, and I love Ty Tuivasa. I think he needs like two or three more fights. I, I honestly don't think he could fuck with Francis. And mm-hmm. no no disrespect to Ty. I just think Francis is. The reason that Francis and Cyril Gaon's fight was so boring is because Cyril Gaon is a he's a mixed martial artist. He's something that you usually see at like the middleweight division and yeah. he's a, a well-rounded fighter. So Francis had to be careful. He couldn't just come out and just swing for the fences like he did with Ro- Rosenthal and, and some of those dudes. Mm-hmm. So it became, he gassed out. He didn't have any power. He was getting leg kicked into oblivion. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get a, a hold of surreal. And then he finally did. He picked him up and dumped him on his head. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's, uh, he was like, fuck it. I'm gonna keep my title, but yeah, it is lay on him for a little yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he it, people were impressed because I mean, it's the only time you ever see him wrestle. And yeah, it, it is what it is. That Francis Ngannou right now has a chance to be a looked at as a superstar, but for you to be a superstar, you cannot. Francis goes out of his way to spark beast with the UFC. Now he is on Jake Paul's side, talking about fighter pay, and mm-hmm. that's all cool and dandy because Jake Paul is out saying all this shit, but. At the end of the day, Jake Paul is doing it so that Jake Paul can get Jake Paul's name bigger. He doesn't give a fuck yeah. about the fighter pay. If he cared yeah. about fighter pay, then he go fight. Yeah. Bring in more revenue. Bring in more eyes. Help these guys essentially do what Connor's doing. There's no reason yep. for Connor to ever fight again. But Connor yeah. turned Dustin Poirier into a billion or a millionaire. He turned Cowboy Cerrone into a millionaire. He turned he's turning these guys into millionaires because they've make millions when they fight him. If that's what you want to do for fighter pay, then fight him. You know, be a bigger but, draw in yeah. that in that sport, in that actual sport, not try to be selfish and take all the money. He's just a he's a fighting version of Dana. I mean, if you break it down that way, maybe not as to a T, but his promotion and everything that he does is to only benefit himself, nobody else. Yeah, but the the thing with Dana though is what Dana does benefits the UFC as a company. Yeah. Dana's yeah, ran it. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's looking out for the company because that's what like the thing the thing about it that people don't people don't understand about Dana is Dana is not a promoter. People try to put Dana as a promoter in the of the UFC. Dana White is the president of the UFC. So yeah. essentially Dana White is Vince McMahon of the UFC. He does not own the UFC. He is not the promoter. The promoter is Sean Shelby. He's the yeah. one who makes the fights. He's the one who gets with ESPN and and sets shit up. Dana literally is just the mastermind who's been with the UFC since the early 2000s. So that's mm-hmm. why Dana gets love and hate. He, yeah. well, I mean, at this point, the reason that Dana is still around is because people want to talk to Dana. Dana yeah. is a, a cool, chill dude who has been around the sport for forever. He, if you if you listen to any of his pre or press or post fight conferences. He always says when they ask him about fights, I don't know, we'll talk to Sean 
who's the fight maker. So Dana Dana gets love and hate for fighter pay and everyone attacks Dana. Oh, you need to raise the fighter pay. Dana doesn't fucking control that shit. It's like going to, to Hobby Lobby and yelling at a team leader, y'all need to pay me more. Okay. I think I think it's it's also because you being the president, you have the final say so on a lot of the moves that are made. So But he does. He's he the way Dana only owns like fifteen percent of the of the company. Dana can put his input into it, but at the end of the day, Dana didn't want to leave Fox to go to ESPN, but the company did it. When the Fertitta yeah. brothers sold their share to, I forgot what, off the top of my name, the company that now owns the UFC, Dana almost Zuffa? sold his... Is it no, Zufa was, was who used to own it. That was the Fertitta brothers. Um, Dana almost sold his share with the Fertitta brothers, but he didn't. So that's what I'm saying right now. Dana is just looked at as the the face of UFC, but as far as decision making, what, like who's gonna fight and what and blah blah blah, Dana takes the blame for it, but it's not Dana's decisions. Can he can he give his opinion to the the brass holders? Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like a GM on a football team. They can say whatever the fuck they want to, but at the end of the day, the owner is the one who's gonna make the decision. Yeah. They're the ones who's gonna sign the checks, who's going to come to terms with what's going on. So. That's why I'm saying Dana gets a lot of hate from people saying he can raise the fighter pay. He can do this. He can do that. Bro, Dana is literally just a fan and somebody who is, I mean, he just watched it. He's been a part of the success of the UFC that was almost bankrupt whenever him and the Fertitta brothers took over. So mm-hmm. I gotcha. But Jake, Jake Paul is more of a. A Floyd Mayweather want to be a smaller wannabe Floyd. He doesn't give in Floyd. The difference is, is Floyd never tried to play. Floyd never tried to play. I'm going to help fighters out. Floyd was up front. I'm doing this for me. I want money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jake is doing the same thing, but he's trying to dip his finger in all this stuff. Oh, I'm going to be in a partnership with somebody who's in the partnership with the UFC. And I'm doing that to help fighter pay but then when you look into it it's like how that's just a headline that's something that people read and they're like like people that actually don't care about it and just look on the outside in they're like oh i seen a headline that jake paul is trying to help fighter pay well good for jake paul it's like yeah but then you look into it and you realize he's not doing shit then it's like okay well like i said it's it's more so off the gain of himself he's just speaking it speaking on certain things to create this buzz that, you know, makes everybody share and like and talk about it and argue and create this drama that isn't really there with the UFC. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just growing. He's just a brand. He's growing his brand. Bags. The difference, the difference is, is Floyd uh, has never lost a fight. <laughs> Hey, hold on, bro. Hold on, bro. Jake Paul is undefeated, baby. Yeah, as an amateur. Floyd has 50. He's, what, 51-0 as a a professional. So all the money that Floyd made was off of him winning fights. And I I get, you know, know, Jake's, Jake's undefeated or whatever, but he's still an amateur. He's just putting on a huge entertainment uh spectacle i i'd like to say with you know the fights that he's putting together 
And who's who knows who's who's actually going to fight next, or what he's actually going to fight next. I, I before we talk about the fight night card last night, I actually was was going to bring that up because because there's no other retired UFC fighter unless he fights like fucking Chuck Liddell. But oh, because God. there's no like retired UFC fighters besides Anderson Silva that's mm-hmm. available with a big name to help him with like making money. He's probably not going to fight for a while. The ball, the the crazy thing is, is the ball is in his court. If he would just mm-hmm. fight, like fight Tommy Fury, he could yeah. prove himself. But I think he's, I, I legit think that he's afraid. And I get it because, like you said, he's worrying about his brand. If he if he gets knocked out, which he probably would, or he gets like if he gets blocked circles around, his brand takes a hit, and then nobody cares about him. It's it's the same like. If you noticed after that that Floyd Mayweather fight that Logan came out and you could see 100% like this kid can't box for shit. Yeah. And they like Jake even tried it. You just beat the greatest boxer alive just trying to put headlines out there. Nobody cares yeah. about Logan Paul. Do you know what Logan Paul is doing right now? <laughs> I have no idea. Logan Paul is doing his podcast and he is go- he has a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> that's what logan paul is doing bro that's what i'm saying is like he th- these two dudes are are well i gotta say them too I, I actually enjoy logan because he's not as hot-headed or or ego he's not egotistical like his brother but i think i think back to the conversation from last week i think people are using and i think people have been doing it forever people try to imitate what kanye did and that's their way to fame people want to come out and just proclaim themselves as a genius and stuff. The difference, and this is what I will argue with anybody, even though I'm not the biggest Kanye fan, you could see it early on that Kanye was a musical genius. Oh yeah. It I didn't it don't matter if you were a, a hip hop fan or whatever the case may be. Early on you could look at Kanye and just you would see the the rappers that he was around whenever he performed when he wrote songs, all the stories, you could say he was a genius. Jake Paul, on the other hand, you don't see it. But because he's using that same formula, his name yeah. is still being put in the media like Kanye. Yeah. And I think that's – I think it's, it's, it's gotten a little more tame since, you know, there's a lot of, you know, fact checkers and doubters of – well, did Tyron Woodley really get knocked out by him or was it all staged? And you keep seeing more of that come out. Not only that, but that, that all he, that's all he can do is really run his mouth. I mean, yeah, he's been in there boxing, but he's not boxing boxers. Yeah. And, and I, the day. I get it. There, there will be a spot for celebrity boxing. And, and real quick, because this, I mean, this will happen for, for whatever. And I try like me and KG were was talking to Jeff once and we, we were discussing it. And Jeff was like, oh, well, I have my opinion of if the fights are fixed or not like that. I'm never going to argue with an opinion like that because the mm-hmm. fact is he knocked him the fuck out. Yeah. The reason that I'm going to say and I stand by he knocked him out is because, for one, if it was fixed and they prove it. Showtime is going to be canceled, not canceled from the cancel culture. It's going to be canceled from hosting boxing matches. And then Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley are going to be thrown in prison because 
they people are betting on those fights. So there's yeah. Vegas odds. Mm-hmm. That would that would be a hundred percent illegal, and yeah, they would do some time for it. So that's why I'm like, nah, I don't think it was fixed. I get people are saying, oh, he turned his head or his hand and stuff. I you can go watch in almost any fight, especially boxing matches late in the fight, that that something you could you could look at it. People did the same thing for Canelo, et cetera, et cetera. So that I'll mm-hmm. say, like the fact is, is Jake knocked him out, regardless if you want to think it was staged or not. Jake knocked him out. I, kudos to that. But at the at the same time, never, never did I ever think that that they were, and especially the second one. Never did I think it. I remember after the first fight, you, me, you, and your brother were talking about it, and I was like, "That's Tyron Woodley." Like, let's not come out and try to make it seem like Tyron Woodley was just this gangster badass with hands. Tyron Woodley never threw combinations. That's like what Tyron Woodley showed in that fight that everybody was mad about. Bro, he didn't even come out and box. You expected him to just out of, yeah. <laughs> you expect him to just come out and just do stuff that he's never done in his career. He's a wrestler. Yeah, he's never like Tyron Woodley just had a one like power in his hands. That was it. He never. He wasn't an Anderson Silva, an Izzy, a Connor, or or somebody who could throw like combinations and stuff. I remember that conversation, but yeah, I mean, I'll give you the final thoughts on old Jake Paul before we talk about this fight night. Um, I think that the only thing that he has to stake relevancy or to really silence people, if he cares, which I don't think he really cares because he's made his money. He's done what he wants to do. And his namesake is going to be there because he started out as a YouTuber. So if all else fails, he could go back to putting dumb content on youtube like he did before all this boxing things all this boxing stuff became relevant to him the only thing that it's really gonna do to shut people up is if he fights a boxer i mean as far as everything else like i mean he looked like he knew how to string some combinations together he looked like he had decent footwork but that's also you hire somebody who's a really good boxing coach and you just literally work on boxing for a year and a half, two years like he did in the midst of fighting a former NBA Doug champion, a washed up wrestler and a former UFC champion who came into the sport as a wrestler. So yeah, Ben Askren, they called his ass off the couch. I mean, (laughs) mean, Nate Robinson had a podcast and hadn't been in the league in a couple years. Yeah, he's still in good shape. But Nate Robinson's last relevancy was playing in the big three league with uh, that Ice Cube runs. That happens over the summer. And then Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley just got out of his contract with the UFC because he got absolutely treated by Colby Covington. His reign was over. His time was up. Like, do you think he was really training to be in another, like, fight organization whenever Jake Paul called him up? Hell no. Hell no. So, I mean, get somebody that actually trains boxing all the time and then maybe something else will happen. I feel like the more, the more, like, we talk about that whole situation with him, it just becomes more of like, well, we're kind of feeding into it. And in the sense of, man, like, he is relevant right now, but it's all, I think it'll be in a season. He'll have a two or three year run where Things, you know, really work out for him, and he's a polarizing figure, and then he'll just kind of fade off into the limelight, I mean, into the sunset, the way that his brother did whenever he fought a fellow YouTuber, 
And then the only thing that helped him kind of garner some sort of attention again was fighting foot. But like yeah. you said, what is he doing now? He has a podcast. He's in WrestleMania. Yeah. Just give it time. It'll work itself out. Yeah. I, I think um, – I know I said I'll give you the last – this This is my last thought on Jake, and then we can go. Uh, people have to understand that views and – like being all over social media and feuds with people do not, it doesn't, it doesn't mean money just because Jake Paul is a household name. Now does not mean that he has as much money as he says he does. The numbers came out and showed how many, how many people bought that pay-per-view and it was lackluster. And I think that's yeah. one of the biggest reasons that Dana doesn't care. You can't put out a pay-per-view and sell 160,000 and think that you're going it's to terrible. fuck with anything UFC. Yeah. That's hella. Ter- that's a, that's, even the worst UFC cards or, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the worst of the worst are going to do 600,000. So yeah, that's even, that, flight that, nights, even like, like last night. I mean, if you I really don't you, watch the sport, no, 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 but yeah, but you know, if you barely even watch the UFC, man, like I guarantee you more people watch that on ESPN plus and people that ordered that fight. And Facts. technically, you're already paying for it because you have a subscription to ESPN. Facts. ESPN Plus. You know, nobody knew those names of the people that were fighting last night besides, like, people that really watch the UFC, like you and I or, like, Gerardo, you know, people of that that I know of. But and I didn't even know I didn't even know a lot of those those uh, cats that were fighting. I knew uh, some. They're, like, yeah. Terrence McKinney. I knew who Terrence McKinney was. Um, yeah. That was the only person on the fucking preliminary that I knew. Obviously, I knew Bobby Green and Islam Makachev, uh, and then I mm-hmm. knew uh, Armin Saryukian. But that was it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was about it. But speaking of it, man, did you watch the entire card? Um, I missed the first fight, but other than that, start Same. to finish, I watched the whole thing. What'd you think? Because I, I I missed the first fight too. Um, I was I was at Crest with with my wife and badass kids and it was packed. So like I was going to pull it out and watch it on, on my phone while in there, but I didn't feel like running into somebody's cart and then having to fight (laughs) in Crest. So what'd you think about the cart as a whole? uh, I think it was pretty good. You saw some people that were pretty, pretty hungry. I think the, uh, I think maybe the fight of the night um, was probably the women's bout of the, uh, was the Priscilla Cachueta and the mm-hmm. the G Kim fight or yep. the um, Alejandro Perez Jonathan Martinez fight? They were just throwing caution to the wind. They weren't giving. A, <laughs> they weren't giving a shit. They were just they were just slanging and banging. They were just throwing hands pretty much the entire fight. I mean the uh, the McKinney fight. I honestly didn't think that it was going to end that fast and. I mean, all the announcers were saying it as he slapped that choke on, like, oh, like he's not in trouble. Like <laughs> it's not tight. Like tap, tap, tap. He does Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he tapped, but they're like, Oh, 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 oh damn. I guess I guess it was a lot worse than what we thought. But it's crazy, you know, he's creating a lot of buzz, Terrence McKinney is right now, because that was his longest fight in the past what year. And he still finished him in the first round. Yeah, he's coming out and getting the fucking job done. Yeah, he's yeah he's not wasting any time with anybody that's in the octagon with him. So I, I think he's starting to create a little bit of a buzz. Well, let's see what he does. So you you went ahead and answered one of the questions, which was uh, fights of the night. 
if you had to give um if you had to give some perform like two to three performances of the night, who would you give those to? Uh probably Ignacio Bahamundez against Rong Ju because that kid was just that he was just touching him with that jab. He was very crisp, very uh clean with uh, his combinations. I think he was you know, using his size to his advantage is a perfect way that you have to because he's 6'3", and I think Rong Zhu is like 5'9". And that kid is a tall, tall lightweight. 6'3", at lightweight? Yeah, that shit's nuts. So I think he did a really good job. And honestly, who kept throwing? What fight? I think that was him. There was a fight that I was... No, it was the Jonathan Martinez fight. He kept throwing... His uh, his kicks. I think. Uh, let me pull up the stats for him. Yeah, he was fifteen of eighteen on the legs, twenty three of thirty four at the head, and thirty six of ninety two at the head against uh, Perez. But the the telling thing was, his leg kicks were crazy. They were really good, really sharp, really polished, and he didn't really take a whole lot of damage. I mean, but I think that. You know, towards the end, Alejandro Perez finally started to sh- figure out, oh, shit, I think I'm down 2-0 in this fight. Let me try to apply some pressure. So he finally did it. But I would definitely say Jonathan Martinez or Ignacio Bahamundes for performances of the night. The the Cachueta-Kim fight pissed me off because Cachueta didn't win that fight. Yeah, I, I was going to say this exact same thing. She, I mean, I'll give it to her in that third round. It was like her button got stuck, and she threw nothing but elbows, and she ended up busting Kim open. But Mm -hmm. it's like the announcers were saying, and I try not to make decisions or opinions based off of them, though. Coming out and winning one round does not win you the fight. Unless they scored that a 10-8, which if they scored that a 10-8, they are smoking bath salt because, yeah, she came out and she had some success with those elbows, but it's not like Kim didn't have success either. She yeah. was out there throwing combinations. She was connecting. She had uh, cash way to hurt in that round just like a couple times as well. So Yeah. It wasn't until the last, what, 90 seconds that cash way to started doing something. And I think what made it worse is she was dog tired. I mean, she was just eating <laughs> those jabs, eating hooks. You know, they were just standing in the pocket and throwing with each other. No, I mean, I think at best, split decision, at best, split decision, and you give it to uh, – Jiyoung Kim, but yeah, that kind of, especially because it was unanimous and the last judge had it 29-26. That's what I'm saying. Crazy. Crazy. That's what I'm saying. At best, split decision. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, I think, I know Ariel Hawani said it after that boxing match last uh, yesterday where a dude got robbed, but he said open open, uh, scorecards. That way you know if you're down um, or if you're up. So everyone knows so that there's less controversy at the end of the fight. And it'll also make fighters try to fight hard, but it'll still have a lot of scrutiny because if the judges have to say why they scored something, we'll be upset. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's really weird too, because I don't think the judges also have the access to the, the strike numbers. There's just, yeah. it's an eye test on them and it, it's kind of weird, but uh, real quick, I'll say I'm going to give my uh, two performance of the night. One, I'm going to, Islam Makachev, I don't even have to say shit else. He just he, man. I, well, we can talk about that later, but I'll give him one because of how just 
dominant he was. And then the second one was Armin uh, Sarkuyan or whatever. I, God. Yeah. He came out and, and just from the first round, he took he took uh, Joel Alvarez down. He mm-hmm. caught him with that elbow. He opened him up Ric Flair blade, st- blade job style. Yes. And it just it immediately just turned into like early like 2000s. Yeah. yeah, early 2000s fucking WWE wrestling where it's just blood fucking everywhere and that second round like I knew they were going to try they 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 didn't close the cut all the way obviously because they couldn't have but they did a good yeah. job of making it not bleed as much and then he took him straight back down and yep. then just beat the shit out of him and they they were saying it this fight is over stop the fight stop the fight stop the fight stop the fight he can't defend himself because he can't see just stop the fight and I get yeah. it. Let him go out on his own sword, but yeah, yeah, like homie was getting beat the fuck up. Yeah, I think what, that's what made it worse is like that. I've I've never really seen that uh, referee do a whole lot of fights before, but I mean that that blood was literally gushing, gushing from his nose, or yeah. is, was it right by his nose? No, it was it was just it was on the nose, and yeah, that like. Spewing. That's out. what I'm. Not, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nah. Let let him be a let him be a champion. Let him be a a warrior. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's fine. I I fuck with that. Real tough. But there is also too much. Whenever he's yeah. on his knees and he's not defending and he's just taking shots, go ahead and call it. Like it's literally a puddle of blood where like you see where his head was resting, and then starts. Oh God, I hate to say it. Yeah. Sarkyukian. Yeah. Just call Armin. it. Yeah, yeah, for real. Let's go, Armin. Yeah, so whenever he was, you know, throwing, you know, you know, he's on his back and he's throwing those left kind of hooks and you see blood just popping from where that puddle is. That's how much blood that guy was losing. Like, And they finally called it, I think, after that point, but still. Yeah, he, he they, they did. They gave him a TKO, which... It, it was really dominant, and there were, like you said, there were some good fights uh, on it, on the the fight night, and I I, I really enjoy watching fight nights. For one, it's free, and then two, yeah. because it's a lot of unknowns, unknown, unknown yeah. people. You can see people coming off the Dana White contender series and off mm-hmm. of the Ultimate Fighter and stuff, and and like you said, they throw caution to the wind. And somebody like me who is hungry for blood sport like that, that's <laughs> what I want to watch. And then whenever you watch the pay per views, like the one coming up next week, you get mm-hmm. to it's a chess match, and that's that. Those are the differences that I like. But um, the the Terrence McKinney one too. He 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 came out and he dominated uh, as well. Like yeah. you said, he's got a bunch of buzz. But uh, hold on, uh, another another fight that like the Wellington Terman Misha Serkinov. Whenever yeah. like Misha Serkinov, he impressed me in that first round because I thought he was getting choked out, and he got yeah. he got him off, and he started <sighs> really nice. obliterating him. And then in the second round, back to the ground, and then he gets caught in a an arm, arm bar. Triangle. Yeah, yeah an arm his bar. bar. Yeah, and and, and just it, did, it didn't out. even look. It didn't even look that tight. He had just slapped it on. You could tell he was upset. Like, damn, I can't believe I let that happen. Yeah, and it, he, it was quick. Yeah, he transitioned it perfect. He waited until he threw that punch. He grabbed his hand, threw his legs up got it and then just locked up locked it up and and yep. misha tapped because i think he knew that it like the position he was in there wasn't really anything he could do uh because he uh-huh. couldn't pick him up and slam him i think that was yeah. due to his legs being shot because 
he carried him for like two minutes in the first round. But yeah. I, I give I give Misha hella credit because he came out to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, I was telling uh, Elisa that too. I was like, is that the Mortal Kombat theme song? Yeah, bro. Anybody that comes out to Mortal <laughs> Kombat, bro, I, you get you you took an L, but like, bro, Respect I'm a fan. Friends. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real, for real, for real. But shot up, shot up by a million. Yeah, that was dope. I like that. Yeah, the that, Armin, was, that was uh, a good fight too. Yeah, yeah. The the really the main card, like you had the Armin uh, Petrosian and Gregory Rodriguez. That was a good fight. Um, you had the 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 blood the bloodbath that we just talked about. You had the yeah. Kim and Cashueta, the Misha and Terman fight, and then the Islam Bobby Green. And then when 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 it got to Islam and Bobby Green, I knew I, I was like, all right, well. I can go ahead and get some shit ready because I, I know what time it is. Like I said, Bobby Green is is a cool dude, and I respect him for stepping in as fast as he did. They put yeah. up the they put up the the stat showing how many fighters have took a fight on as many like as le- less days as him, and the list mm-hmm. is very short. So I give mm-hmm. him that, but I knew what time it was. It's not, nothing, yeah, nothing in me was like. Man, Bobby Green is going to present some challenges, and and I give him credit that the first time Islam went for a takedown, he didn't get it, but yeah. I knew he's going to get him down eventually. And that as soon as he locked his hands behind his oh yeah you know behind his knees like that and just whole world knew what time pressed him to yeah yeah that's it's suck man it's crazy too and and this is what's wild about them. We were talking about Aljo uh, episode one. And that crazy pace that Aljo comes out the gate with that he gasses because that's a crazy high pace. Mm-hmm. Islam and Khabib come out with a pace like that. They put that pace on you and you're already gassed. They can shoot and not get a successful takedown, but they usually will take your back or something. Not trying mm-hmm. to choke you out, but making you carry their body weight. And it's that mm-hmm. Sambo. That Sambo, that, yeah. that's what they're in. Yeah, they just let you gas yourself out. And then, yeah. then like, then if, if the fight does go second, third round or something, then your power is gone. It's evident in the, the Connor-Khabib fight. In yeah. the second, third, and fourth round, Khabib was like, all right, bro, let's strike. Let's let's yeah. let's fight. Yeah. Come, come, come on, I, sma- I smash you, okay? We take you down. And then Islam is the same way. He said, he's, okay, well, we'll come out. We, he will be talking when we're standing, and then... I take him down and I beat the only one talking. And he, Bobby Green, who is a, we, we just, we talked about it last week, who is a gatekeeper. He's a very Mm -hmm. skilled fighter. And Islam passed his guard like, like it wasn't shit. (laughs) That was, that was light work. You could tell the difference in um, Bobby Green was drenched in sweat and Islam barely broke a sweat. Yeah, Islam could fight next week if they needed him to. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, and he he had his hooks in so tight from, you know, that top position on him that you saw Bobby Green was struggling. He couldn't get out. He was flailing and doing everything else he could, couldn't get out. And then that's why Herb called the fight. He was like, yeah, man, he, yeah, it's, it's yeah, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you could tell he was just covering. I mean, that's all he yeah. could do. That's how you know you, you beat somebody. Do you think Islam uh, off that performance it deserves a title fight? Um, I think he'll get one for the simple fact of 
it's almost looking like it doesn't matter now. Is Bobby being is Bobby Green better than Banal Darius? No, no, but not I even think close. You can you can say well, what happens if he fights Darius? But you can also say Islam's basically making a statement of it doesn't matter who gets in the octagon with him, he's going to beat them. Like so that think, too. Uh, yeah, like yeah, especially like that. Now Gaethje and Oliveira still have to happen. And depending on who wins that fight, yeah, I think he's going to get a title shot. And maybe, just for fun, he might have a chance to fight Banal Dariush before that. Well, he's, he's did it. say... He wants he to did fight say, him. Yeah, he did say that he, he will fight him after he wins the title. Uh, he yeah. wants a title shot. And... I am stuck in between a rock and a hard part. Like a hard, it's it's hard because he's won ten in a row, right? Yeah, and he's been very dominant in those ten in a row. He's yeah. only fought one ranked guy, and he beat he ran through Dan Hooker too. Dan Hooker yeah. was ranked six at the time, so I get it. I think the reason, another reason, he gets a title shot is because everyone else ahead of him pretty much has had a title shot. Poirier, yeah. this will be Gaethje's second. Michael Chandler yeah. even had one. Like I, I mean, I let him fight Connor. I'm, I'm pretty sure he would mow through Connor. Not even pretty sure he would mow through fucking Connor. But <laughs> I mean, just give it to him. And and it's hard too because I, I'm the, one of those people that are like, man, Sean O'Malley needs to fight somebody. And the reason yeah. I continue to say he needs to fight somebody highly ranked, so I know how good he is, is because if he's as good as as he's being touted to be, mm-hmm. he needs a title fight. But before I can say Sean O'Malley gets a title fight, he has to beat somebody that I'm like, yo, that win, that, that was, was a hell of a win. Yeah. Yeah. I think Islam's Dan Hooker win is good enough. I just think he's in a really good spot too because yeah. you can't really fault him for not fighting Benil Dariush because Dariush is the one who got the injury. So it's not really yeah. Islam's fault. And he fights so fucking rapidly. He's like, we, mm-hmm. we talk about Kamaru Usman. He fights so rapid that just just throw him a bone. I I honestly want to see I want to see Charles if if Charles Oliveira beats Justin Gaethje, I honestly want to see Charles fight Islam because that's the closest that we'll get to Oliveira and Khabib. Yeah. So I'd say fuck it, just give it to him. Yeah, they're spitting images of each other, Makachev and Khabib. So why not oh, make it? Happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So last topic before we get out of here, my parents is on the way. Um, <laughs> have you seen any of the build for the the Masvidal and Colby? Yes, I have. I saw the little promo um, last night. They did a they did it. So they've been all over ESPN. Um, they did a show with Stephen A. And I think it gets dropped on Tuesday, if, if I read it right. And mm-hmm. bro, it's about to be lit. Um, I, oh, I can't wait. I I will say, Colby's my guy, but I I don't know why. I'm I'm kind of like man, Jorge might like he may make Colby over emotional and catch him, but I'm still riding with Colby. But I'm I'm ready for it. Like you said last week, not not solely based on that fight because yeah, that fight could be a war. Or we could see Colby treat him like he did Robbie Lawler, and then it would just be like, oh, wow, why the fuck did I waste my money on that shit kind of thing, right? But yeah, the fight card is 
it's yeah, I'm, I'm top not, to bottom is nice. Yeah, yeah I'm not gonna I say think. it's it's like a uh one of those fight cards that Dana comes out and he's just like, Oh my god, this fight card is amazing with three title fights and blah blah blah. Like it's not it's nothing like that. Like uh like yeah. Gaethje Chandler, that one that had uh Kamara Colby and then it had uh Wei Lee and Thug Rose on it and uh mm-hmm. I think Tai Tuivasi fought on that card too. Like that fight card yeah. was nuts. This one isn't like that. But it's still a nice ass fight card, my guy. Yeah, I think all the pay per view fights are the ones that people are gonna be like, "Oh, damn, this is a good card." I mean, the undercard there is a couple of people on it, you know, that like Tim Elliott's fighting again. Brian Keller's a pretty good fighter, and then you have you know some more up and comers, some no namers that you know get some exposure. But really, it's, I mean, from top to bottom, just the pay-per-view alone looks good, like, especially with Greg Hardy fighting. I get excited to see him get beat up. He's one of those people where I'm like, yeah, yeah, Greg Hardy needs to get beat up today. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And you you got me, you and G got me excited for, for Bryce Mitchell coming back, bro. Thug, nasty. It's been a year and a half. Yeah, and then... Edson Barbosa is a he's a solid fighter too, so I think this will be a really good featherweight uh, yeah. fight. And then Kevin Hall in that middleweight, I'm I'm very curious on how that goes. Yeah, because he looked very. Um, if oh, it's welterweight, I'm sorry. His last fight, he didn't look too too hot, not in my opinion. So I'm I'm wanting to see him kind of bounce back or do yeah. something. <laughs> do something. Yeah, and. Man, fuck it. I'm going Colby. I'm I'm actually have picks right now the entire pay per view, and like I I try okay. to tell myself that I ain't gonna do this shit, but I'm. Fuck. All right, match five is uh, Spivak Hardy. versus Hardy. Yeah. I'm going Greg Hardy with the upset, bro. Oh my god, he's a he's a plus one eighty. I don't give a so fuck. So the bro. odds are the odds the odds are that like different from each other but i just i don't know i'm taking spivak or spivak or however you say it just because it's greg hardy yeah uh match match two kevin holland alex Oliveira. i'm gonna take kevin holland he's he's a favorite but i'm gonna take him because he's he's a natural middleweight and he's fighting welterweight he can lose the weight he has fought welterweight before yeah his issue i think was those middleweights are just stronger like Derek brunson is strong so he takes him down and he can't get up i think kevin holland on his feet is a problem and i think kevin holland whenever he's not gassed is a he's a black belt brazilian jiu-jitsu artist under uh, travis luter so he's Mm -hmm. got some he got some skills he just uh, well yeah so i'm gonna take holland who you taking um i got holland because of the range I yeah. mean, if Oliveira shoots, if Oliveira shoots, you know, he's he's Brazilian, so you never know what he could do on the ground. And he's been, I think he's a pretty good submission artist as well, just based on his history. So, but I think if Holland keeps him at range, jabs, leg kicks, you know, create that separation like he can do, and he probably will do. He's probably thinking the same thing we're thinking. Oh, I'll take him. Okay. Um, maybe um, not a knockout, but just in a decision. Yeah, I, I think he gets a, a finish. I think he gets a submission. Uh, maybe like a guillotine or something like that. Um, match three, Edson Barbosa, Bryce Mitchell. I'm going to take Bryce Mitchell. 
I know Edson Barbosa is a, a like a really good fighter. I know he can break people. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, he's got some really good kicks, but I just don't see him beating Bryce Mitchell. I know it's been a while since Bryce Mitchell's been inside the octagon, but yeah, I'm going with Bryce Mitchell. Um, obviously, because <laughs> it's me and Gerardo's boy, Thug Nasty. You know, he has what three twister submission finishes in the UFC. So you know that he he will take somebody to the ground. I just think it's um, I want to see if he's gonna stand and bang with uh, with Barbosa for a little bit. Fuck that, bro! Because... Take him down and beat him. Take him and sm- <laughs> smash him. Smash he's him. Pause. <laughs> but yeah, I got Bryce Mitchell too. Maybe second round submission. All right. Um, if not, I think I think a decision, maybe. Mm-hmm. But Rafael dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziev. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fazayev looked really good in his last fight. I just, uh... I'm going Dos Anjos, man. No, Dos Anjos. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. My because and you know I'd be wrong all the fucking time, but I'm going Dos Anjos. <laughs> I gotta go with Fazayev, man. He's only got he's only got one loss, bro. I mean, he's fought. Decent talent, Mark Mike DeKakis. Um, I mean, he beat Bobby Green, he TKO'd Brad Riddell, so he's kind of gonna put himself in a position to be on the up and up. And then going forward, yeah. And then finally, the main event. It's no secret here. I'm looking for Colby Covington to to beat Jorge Masvidal. I've said it. I'm hoping it looks similar to Robbie Lawler. Colby Covington a, a few years ago. Um, I think Colby's pace is going to be too much for Masvidal. I think Masvidal does not like to be pressured. I think he likes to be able to sit down, get his get his range in, like he did with Nate. Nate allowed him to get comfortable and then start some of those combinations, start working. Colby's pace is not going to allow that to happen. It's mm-hmm. I, I got Colby um, decision. I don't think he finishes uh, Masvidal. I Colby's that's one thing about Colby is Colby don't finish people. I mean, he, he can, but he's, I mean, he's yeah. not going to knock Masvidal off or out. Uh, and if he does, and I have to eat my words, like, God damn. But I, if he does finish the fight, I see it more being a submission than I do um, a knockout. Yeah. I think um, just based off of emotions to start the fight, I think they're both going to be high, but I mean, Colby's always been more of a posed fighter. I mean, a poised fighter. Um, so I think Masvidal, if he don't, if he don't finish Colby in the first round, then it's Colby all the way. And you could go any round because Masvidal, he just doesn't look like he's, he has this sort of gas tank to last even four rounds. You know, when's the last time he was in a, <laughs> when's the last time he was in a, in a five, a five round fight and then um, five rounds. It, I don't think oh the the first Kamar Usman fight, and that oh, was yeah. the excuse that was the excuse of of oh well, I didn't have a chance to train but I do yeah. believe that may have been it because before that it was uh, Nate Diaz which was scheduled for five rounds but they didn't make it because of doctor stoppage after the third yeah. I believe and yeah. then he knocked out Ben Askren in seven seconds and then Darren Till yeah. before that so yeah I'm yeah I forgot about the Usman fight. It's but, very easy to forget that bullshit fight. Well, and I and I think too that Colby has the best gas tank in that division. Maybe even the UFC. 
Kamaru looked tired before Kobe did <laughs> in both of their in both of their fights. Yeah. So EPL there's no Central, way that you match. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's no way that you match that. So I think if Masvidal get him in the first, you take Kobe in any round. First or early second, I agree. Um, if y'all listening, y'all fans, bro, just let us know what y'all's fight card is. If you get all the fights right, shit, you may even get $50. We'll see what's happening, though. All right? So uh, just either shoot me or Isaiah y'all's, um, y'all's fight list. If you don't have our number, you don't have us on social media and shit, obviously you can go back to episode one and listen for our information. If not... I'm sorry, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, uh, Isaiah, you 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 got any words of wisdom to leave people with? You let, let me let me do let me say this first. Um, if y'all motherfuckers isn't gonna go to the gym, get the fuck out of people's way. Don't fucking take up the whole fucking like three benches for you know what I'm saying. Like if you have if you're trying to superset something, you don't need two or three benches. Take one and get the fuck out of the way. And then don't fucking sit there for an hour and a half type shit. Get your shit and get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> I guess something happened today. No, nah, it, it wasn't even just today. Because uh, today I just did legs. So I, I pretty much, like, you know, motherfuckers at 10 Gym don't hit legs like that. So I, I know leg day, I can go do whatever, like, do whatever. It was uh, yesterday. I was doing uh, arms. And I went in there and, at like, whenever I walked into the gym portion of it, there was like room and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do some hammer curls. I'm gonna do some regular curls. And then I'm gonna do some skull crushers and you know what I'm saying? Work just get, get some work in. And this dude had dumbbells. Like I, I seen dumbbells on three benches or by three benches. It was all three different sets of dumbbells. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So I look and yeah, homie has three benches taken up. And I'm like, this is just one dude. And I like pointed at it and was like, are you using this? And I took my headphones out and was like, are you using this? And he said, yeah. So I'm like, all right, bet. Like, I'll just, like, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll like, do skull crushers and shit last. Like, I'll work triceps at the end. But, yeah. and then just do uh, curls, right? And the entire time I'm doing curls, I'm looking at this dude. And he's bouncing from bench to bench to bench. And I'm like. Why should you choose one? Yeah. And just switch dumbbells. But, I mean, as you can tell, this is going to get some fucking hate. Um, or it's going to be very, very, very controversial. But as you see with current American fucking events, everybody wants to read a fucking headline and think they know everything. The draft is coming back. Oh, if you think that, if you wonder why everybody owns a fucking assault rifle, this is why. Like, okay, shut the fuck up and actually read into what's going on and stop fucking listening to headlines. Ain't nothing yeah. fucking happening. The draft ain't coming back. If if there was a fucking World War Three and you're at home with an assault rifle, you're doing nothing to an invading country. I'm just going to be 100% honest. You're, you have that for your own fucking anxiety so that you can chill out. And if that's what you have it for, so be it. But Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but leave us with some wise words, Isaiah, because I feel like I ranted. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a slight one. Um, I can't even remember what I said last week. You said some shit like uh, patience is a virtue or some shit like that. Okay. Um, I'll say this week that just remember it's not always your responsibility to care about people that are insignificant. My my words of wisdom is is stop living through
through social media with your friendship and your family. Posting on somebody's post or picture and liking their shit is not the same as texting them or calling them or setting up time to go see them and making sure they are fine. They're making sure you're fine and continuing your friendship. Stop being lazy. Stop using social media as an excuse. Get off your ass and go see your family because you only live once. And once they're gone, they're gone. But this has been episode three, man. Are you ready? I'm ready for for episode four for real, for real. Yes, sir. You know it. But all right, man. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We, we, we.